I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. Hello, everyone. Usually when people hear that word audit, have you ever heard the word audit? Maybe you don't get a real positive feeling. It might make you think of the IRS or people being caught breaking the rules or even the law. And we're going to try to move on beyond that initial reaction and explore our city auditor's office today on the podcast. And let me tell you why. Number one, I think you'll leave with a different feeling than you have right now about auditors because you will most likely learn something new. I definitely have when it comes to learning about our auditor's office. Number two, the job of our city auditor and her team impacts all of us, our entire community. So your city government has an obligation to work for you in an effective and efficient manner. And one of the ways we do that is thanks to the analyses and the recommendations from the city auditor's office. So Jacqueline Rowland is the city auditor here in Colorado Springs and my guest today. Jackie, thank you. Oh, let me turn your microphone on. That's helpful. Okay. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And Jackie, let's talk about your role at the city. So explain to us why we have a city auditor and how you fit into the structure of the city team. Because some people, this may be news that we even have one. Yep. That would be so true. Um, So why do we have a city auditor? Um, there's lots of ways I could explain it, but uh, I'll start with, um, of the core values of the city on the city's um, website, the ones that pertain to our office would be accountability, transparency, integrity, and innovation, I'll say, in as much as we um, really consider economy and efficiency and effectiveness of the things that we do. So, um, And those are nice words to hear when we talk about local government. Yeah, That's what people want. That's the goal. And that is exactly what we're about. Um, And I I think uh, what our office brings is just um, assurance of those things. And it shows that the city values those by having our office. So um, to explain a little bit more, we are appointed by city council. And you might say, why is that? Um, We really want to be independent of the areas that we're auditing so that we can be free to report what we find and so that we can grow that integrity and assurance. And the city certainly supports that. The people that we audit support our ability to have that independent um, perspective and report back to council in an independent way. And council is elected by citizens, so it's very much for our citizens that we serve. So you you were hired yourself by city council? I was. Okay. And then your team is hired by you or by city council as well? My team is hired by me. Okay. um, But the size of my office and a lot of the things that we do um, have oversight by our audit committee and city council. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And how long have you been the city auditor? When did you join? Well, I was appointed and sworn in in February of 2021. I was in the role interim um, since June of 2020, but I did go through a competition process to... um, to receive the position that I have. And so what? how did you sort of tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be yeah. a city auditor? Yeah. Or how, how do you even become an auditor? What well, what? And that's what a great question. So yeah. in regard to my background, um, it's kind of a traditional track in that um, I graduated with an accounting degree. I went to work for a CPA firm. So CPA firms typically... Um, audit financial statements of organizations and then say whether or not the financial statements are, you know, accurate and correct. And so I did that for two years. And then I spent about 10 years in a Fortune 500 company in internal audit. 
And then I took a lengthy sabbatical. Um, I was at home with my young children. And when I wanted to go back to work, um, I wanted to go back into audit. But I went back in at an entry-level position here in the city. And I went into the city auditor's office and just was um, given opportunities to apply um, for promotions within the office. And I've worked my way up. So having said that, very traditional um, accounting and audit background. However, we really value... um, a lot of backgrounds and perspectives. I think people think to apply for an audit job, you need to have an accounting degree or a finance degree. But um, because we audit operations, because we audit construction activity and contracting, um, we really value critical thinking. And so you could have a degree in psychology, um, and we hire entry level, just you have to have a degree, you don't have to have experience. But if you're interested and curious about how business works and um, you have kind of a continuous improvement mindset or you like to evaluate how um, an organization's doing in compliance with laws and regulations, if you have an interest in those things, you could make a really good auditor. So don't want to limit people to that accounting finance track. Right, and I would imagine that your experience in the auditor's office or with the city, I should say, is very different from your previous experience, right? Because there's that public service element to it. Do you, do you enjoy that, I would assume? Yes, I do. You you love being connected to how you're making a difference. So um, when you work for elected officials, I report directly to city council, and the elected officials are representing the taxpayer. I have a very close connect to um, what my role means and how it makes a difference for our citizens. Yes, and let's talk about that. So one of the things I want to talk about is the fraud hotline. And some people may have heard this in connection with the city auditor's office. So there are a couple different ways that people can report fraud, waste, or abuse. And when I say people, I mean anyone, residents, anybody out there in the public that sees something or witnesses something that might fall into one of these categories. So talk to me about why you all have that hotline um, and reporting tool, and then maybe give us some examples, because people may not know, like, what what constitutes fraud? What is waste and abuse? Yeah, that's great. Um, So it is a best practice for an organization to have a hotline. And I'll give you a few statistics. So um, 42% of all all frauds are identified through a tip. And so that would be a tip that came into a fraud hotline. It could be a tip that was given to an HR department or attorney's office. But very often it is a fraud hotline. And certainly if people are fearful of reporting, then it's a more anonymous way that you can report. And our hotline is anonymous, correct? It is. Okay. And you can... can, um, not identify yourself. Let's say you call the number and you leave a message. You don't have to identify yourself. Or you might identify yourself, but let us know that you'd like to remain anonymous. Okay. Um, so that if you do identify yourself, then we have follow-up questions. We can reach out to you for more information. And so that can be helpful. But if someone's not comfortable, they don't have to identify themselves. But then they have that, yeah, they have that assurance but then you sometimes can have that communication if possible. Right. Okay. If they do choose to identify and allow us to have some follow-up, or, or maybe they um, have a concern about something they've seen. Let's say it's a citizen, and they've seen um, uh, one of the organization vehicles parked at a house, and so they want it looked into, is is this you know being misused for personal use? And they may want follow-up to know, did you look into it and what was the situation? And so they would identify themselves in that way. So there's there's reasons why they may want to or not want to identify. And, um, and so we do both of those. But um, also um, the statistics indicate that organizations with hotlines have reported lower losses 
um, because they have a hotline than organizations that do not. And I think your federal organizations, your big organizations are required to have hotlines. It is a great practice um, giving more and more opportunity for people to um, identify what they've seen that looks unusual because, again, it's usually through a tip. Somebody sees something um, that looks unusual or questionable, and then you look into it and you've identified a problem. So you've given us that example of, I'm wondering if Bob, my neighbor, is using his city vehicle to travel to the mountains and go fishing right. or what have you. What are some other examples that, um, you know, that would, that would kind of apply to people yeah, so um, there's lots of different things. So it could be, um, we'll, we'll talk, if you're an employee, possibly you have um, seen something that makes you think that a vendor was hired that is related to the person who hired them. You know, so that would be questionable, that there could be a conflict of interest, and you might want to report that. And sometimes it's a suspicion, and it's great to report a suspicion. You don't have all the information, but it looks odd. We can look into it. I've had a police officer report seeing a, um, a utility line uh uh, connected in some way that he thought possibly utilities were being diverted and and used oh. inappropriately. And so he shared that with us. Um, and sometimes we get things that don't apply to the city, but we're able to refer people to the organization where they can report. So again, it's taxpayer dollar, but it may not be the local tax. So um, during COVID, there was a lot of unemployment um, paid to people, and there was a lot of unemployment fraud. Yes. And people would report it to our office, and we were able to give them resources um, of where they could report. And so we can be a service to our citizens. So also, employees could report um Information that's being withheld may be uh, reported to city council and not all the information is included or it's inaccurate. Um, and that goes back to that transparency piece that you talked right. about, right? Or you might um, you might see that an employee sharing their password with someone, and that's very, very risky today. You wouldn't want to do that. Or your boss has asked you to share your password with them, and, and you're not comfortable telling your boss that you can't. Um, and then there's just waste. Maybe... Uh, Maybe you've identified somebody's traveling on city business and they're flying first class. Or, you know, it could just be so many numbers of things um, that appear um, unreasonable. An employee is using their work time to take care of personal activity. Mm -hmm. um, there are just so many um, areas. And we do, if you go to uh, the city's website and you just search on the word fraud, it'll bring up our fraud reporting page and it gives you examples of fraud, waste, and abuse. If you just kind of want to see some of the examples to expound on what we've talked about here. That's a great idea. Yes, we do have a hotline and we'll show that, but I'll say it as well. It's 719-385-2387 or coloradosprings.gov slash city fraud. So those are some good places for you to go to find out more if this is, you know, uh, ringing a bell for you or making you think of something. But in addition, I mean, I'm a glass uh, half full kind of girl. So I'm thinking in addition to some of the negative things that people may be witnessing, also, they can reach out to your office if they just see a way for city government to be more efficient, right? To yeah, do even I better. Because that. that's really what we're about is um, just helping the organization achieve their goals and objectives, the things that they've promised to the citizen. And so if they can do that in a more economical way, a more innovative way, if there's some continuous improvement ideas, maybe you've shared with your boss and he just didn't have an ear for it because he's busy with a lot of things, you can reach out and share it with us. Um, so yes, absolutely. We're very interested in 
in any way to um, have better services to our citizens, to do it more efficiently, to do it more um, effectively. And a whole team could come to you, right, and say, we want to do this better and help us, right? Because we just, we don't know how. So sometimes it's good to have that outside outside look. And that's that's a lot of, um, we get requested to audit certain areas because someone feels like I'm really busy paying the bills, but we are not moving this kind of transaction as effectively as we'd like to. Can you come in and take a look at that? Mm-hmm. Because we don't have that extra time, or you can look at it with fresh eyes. And um, and we love to do that. And, and we love to work collaboratively with the department on identifying those things um, together because they have a perspective that they bring to us, and then we can ask questions. And so we love to work that way. And I think you probably said this, but you're auditing city operations, all the different departments, and then Colorado Springs Utilities. And that's the, really the basic. The airport, the city, the airport. and all okay. of its enterprises. So um, Parking. Yes, airport. it's very diverse, the, and that makes lot. it really interesting and somewhat challenging. So public works and park and rec and um yeah, your utilities and um, the airport and all and city administration. So all of these things fall under our purview for audit. So you guys aren't sitting around bored very often. No, <laughs> very no. busy. There's always more that we can do. That we and can so do. we try to prioritize what are the most value added. That's really what we're about. Is how can we we spend our time to add the most value for the citizens and for the operations of the city. So what would you say some of the, you know, I talked at the beginning about we hear the word audit and we don't feel super cozy and warm and <laughs> fuzzy. Imagine um, that. I know, right? But um, what would you say some of the biggest myths are about your office? And in connection with that, what are some of the reasons, I think you alluded to this, but that you find what you do rewarding and important? Um, and maybe your team members, how they feel about it as well. What, how large is your team, by the way? Okay, so um, in addition to myself, I have 12 auditors and an admin person. So there's okay. 14 of us. Okay. And um, yeah, we. so some myths about our office. I think um, the term audit uh, has kind of a negative, it can have a negative uh, association. But one of the myths from my office would be that I want to make other people look bad, mm-hmm. that that makes me look good somehow, that that's what I'm out to do. And that is everything I don't want to be. When I interviewed for my role, I told um, counsel that um, that's not the kind of auditing I wanted to do. So in the context of helping the city achieve their goals and objectives, um, in that perspective, we are on the same team and we are after the same accomplishment. And so anything that's getting in the way of that becomes a risk. And and somewhat within that is the context of giving assurance to city council and the public, you know, growing that um, trust in government that they are doing what they said they were doing. And so I may come in and, and I am often looking for ways to improve. Um But that is also the department's goal, I think. Almost always, it should be, and it is. And so in that way, we're on the same team, and we're working together. Um, But we do try to remain independent, so we we can give them an independent perspective. We try to base it on data, but we're really doing it in a way to help them improve and not to diminish um, what they're trying to accomplish, because people are always working hard. but we can always be better. My office can continuously improve as well. And so um, I don't think uh, there's any department that can't use that. Right. That's so, very true. And it's interesting you brought up trust in government because 
well, that's one of the biggest reasons we're even speaking right now and doing a podcast is to talk about what we do and be transparent about who works here and what they do and what they're trying to accomplish. We had the new chief of police here last time and talking about how he mentioned how one of kind of the myths that surrounds um, his office as well, his department is, you know, we're on this team and here are yeah. the citizens on this team. And he just wanted to remind everyone that police officers live here too. And they want this city to be great too. And I would imagine Absolutely. it's the same for your auditors. Absolutely. They're trying to improve the city in which they live, yeah. work and play, right? And love. They obviously care about good government, efficient government, spending money wisely. And, um, and so all of those things I think would be citizen values as well. And so what would, you might ask yourself, as I thought about preparing, I thought, what would we lose if we didn't have an auditor's office? What would we miss? And so I think we would miss that opportunity to um, to independently assess whether or not government is doing what they said they were going to do and whether or not government is um, following policies and just providing a layer of assurance that um, that we are looking and assessing Internal control. So there, there's a lot of things that our office does. We might help identify risk to the organization. And you think about IT and cyber risk today. It's We work closely with our IT departments and, and just really work together to try and shore up the weaknesses and spend the money the most wise um, ways to protect um, our data and and our IT security. So um, we... Uh, that's a great example that people may not think of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's continuous. It's, it's things mm-hmm. that um, may not be super interesting or obvious to the citizen, but really are meaningful to the citizen. So your data is protected if you um, have gone online and, and paid for, you know, park and rec fees. Um, your credit card data is is has controls to protect it. So these things really do matter to the everyday citizen as well as to the greater organization and um, just looking for best practices and the best way to do government. And, and for example, um, we audit the top spending and the, the citizens voted on how that money should be spent. And so we audit every two years to make sure that the city's spending it the way that um, the voters approved. And, you know, we have great employees, but the law of numbers says that maybe if, if you don't know that you could be... Um, reviewed or checked independently, you might not pay as much attention to the rules as you do when you know somebody's going to check it. So it's it's really also helpful for the employees just to um, to know that they have to do it that way and, and to stay focused on those things. It, and it also protects employees, I think. If you have checks and balances, if you have approvals, then that employee is protected from questions later on because the process was strong. And they're following what they should, right? Exactly. And I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, what a great response you are for some of our social media friends and foes who <laughs> like to comment on our social media pages and say, there's no way that they're spending 2C road tax money on just roads. They're going to put it toward whatever they would like. And there are all these things in place to make sure that it does in fact go just to where you voted that it's going to go. So that's really important for people to hear and know. That's a great point. their money. Speaking (laughs) to our fraud hotline, I think it's easy um, to see something happening in your neighborhood. And I get it from neighbors. Uh, They'll say, why in the world, um, and I'll use an example, um, with our our roads tax money, uh, they're putting in new curbs and gutters and they're putting in ADA uh, ramps and things. And, and there was a street in my neighborhood uh, that didn't have sidewalks. And my neighbor said, why in the world are they paying to put in that ADA ramp? Well, 
I thought it was a great question because you don't understand it and you think maybe there's misuse of funds. But it was due to a law that was related to ADA that said anytime you change the curb, you had to do it. Yes. So because they had to replace the curb. So if people want to reach out and ask us, why are they spending money on this? Um, and just really be engaged with how your citizen tax dollar is paid. Or if you don't understand something that doesn't appear logical, you can reach out to our hotline and ask. And it's a great way to really understand your government. That's wonderful. And I'm not saying they can't reach out to us on social media because we try oh, to answer absolutely. those questions There's too. There's so many avenues. But there are different ways, yes. And however thorough they would like to be. And I that brings me to also mentioning um, just your general website in general, I think is really good, coloradosprings.gov slash city auditor. That gives people an idea of all that your team does. And if they want to delve deeper, they can do that. So yeah, if if we've audited something, there's an audit report on our website about it. Um, It talks a little bit about all the areas that we audit. It has the annual projects that we'll be looking at for that year. So if people had an interest um, in that, that information is available to them. Okay, well, thanks for your service to the city and We hope you're going to be around for a long time. Yep. Yes. I I love my work. I love um, helping the city be the best it can be. And that's really what we're about. It sure is an exciting place to live right now, isn't it? It's such a fun place to serve. It's so exciting to read in the national papers what a great city we are. You know, it's it's not a best kept secret anymore. Right. We've known it all (laughs) along, but now the word is out. Yes. Good and bad, I guess. So thanks for joining us, Jackie. And I'm hoping that everyone learned a thing or two. Um, during this episode, and um, you're hopefully feeling a little more positive about auditing and what it means, everyone. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so grateful that you chose to join us for Behind the Springs, and I hope you'll tune in for the next conversation. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm.